0: Icarus Audiobooks presents The Gold Slingers by P.H. Hadley. Read by George Lidington. So before we get into it, the writer paid for extra. What extra? A special theme tune. I think he's intending to produce a whole series of audiobooks, so I've got something here. Some hired musicians. Oh? Who? The Philharmonic... Whistling Orchestra of Southampton.
1: Sorry? The
0: the Philharmonic Whistling Orchestra of Southampton. Look, they were cheap. It fits the genre. I'm just going to play it.
1: Is this a Western? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, good. Oh, I do love a good Western. One of my favourite things. Westerns and a very cheap, full-bodied rosé. I was in one once, you know. A rosé? No, a Western. Las Grande Tita. it was called. I think it was about a mountain in Mexico. I played the mayor. Brando was in it. Marlon Brando. No, Terry Brando. No relation. I only had one scene. Look out, Johnny! Ah! And then the damp squid in my jacket went off and blood went everywhere.
0: Right. So, if you just let me play the music and then start the manuscript as it finishes. Okay, okay. <whistles>
1: was just called the New West. The Newish West. The Gold West. Arizona. seceded by the Mexicans just a few short years ago. Hard little townships had sprung up near the ever-expanding railroads. Dust and dirt and gunfights. Dead Bucket. The town on the edge of forever. A million miles from nowhere, if you don't include the nearby town of expired pale. On the morning of Easter Sunday, 1855, everything changed.
0: You've been practicing your American accent?
1: Yes, actually. Do you like it? It'll do. Dead Bucket clung on to life like a rattler in a snake oil factory. So far, the prospectors had found a little tin and copper in the ground, but nothing to write home about. The stagecoaches had stopped coming a while back. There was very little water and very little food. The townsfolk were sure this was the end. Then came Easter and the renewal. You see, Dead Bucket was built around a little hill. Main Street started at the base of the hill and stretched out to meet the railroad. But the way the houses and businesses sat meant that just about everyone had a backyard at the foot of that hill. Who knew what a difference that would make? Old Kentucky Jefferson made the first discovery, though usually ignored because his habitual drinking meant the most of what he said was garbage. The cry of GOLD that went up on that fine Easter morning couldn't be missed. By Pentecost, you couldn't move for gold. It started with a few flakes Kentucky Jefferson pulled from the dust in his yard. Then, as people took picks to their own land, the nuggets started emerging. Bigger and bigger. Faster and faster. A veritable river, wider and flowing stronger than the Colorado. Dead Bucket was built right on top of the largest gold deposit in the whole wide world. Everyone was filthy rich. The good times ended as quickly as they had begun. Begun, isn't it? A big gun. No, begun. The good times ended as quickly as they had begun.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: There was too much gold. Gold everywhere. Before too long, the tools used by the miners were made of gold. Then the spurs on the boots of the cowboys were gold. Then the glasses in the saloon, as they broke, got replaced with gold goblets. Then the coffins and the water towers and the houses were gold. And before much longer, the streets of Dead Bucket were literally paved with gold. I've said gold so much, it started to sound funny. Gold. Gold.
0: Semantic satiation. Bless you. No, you idiot. That's what it's called when a word sounds funny after you've said it too many times. Semantic satiation.
1: Oh, right, I see. When it came time to name the new mayor, Kentucky Jefferson's brother, Arkansas Pete, the only man in town with even a scrap of good old leather to his name, won by landslide. In the kingdom of gold, the man with the leather pants is king. Things got worse before they got better. You see, the townsfolk had to do something with the masses of gold nuggets they were finding. They couldn't send them away, couldn't spend them on goods elsewhere. No, the accursed federal government had got word of the find. There was too much gold. They couldn't allow the value of their reserves to plummet. Franklin, Franklin Pierce acted fast and blockaded the town. Nothing could get at, nothing could get out, and nothing could get in. So the, town f- so the-, so the townsfolk piled their gold nuggets on Main Street. A mound became a heap, became a pile, became a hillock, became a hill, became a veritable mountain of gold. Next came the inevitable avalanche. Amongst the others who were crushed, they lost the sheriff. The only man who was keeping the tension at bay. The only man who could keep order. The government picked one lucky volunteer to come take his place. That's really where our story gets going. Another whiskey, barkeep! grunted Kentucky Jefferson. He sat at the gold-plated bar with the mayor, Arkansas Pete, and his other brother, Commonwealth of Virginia Pierre, on golden bar stools. The barkeep topped up his golden goblet, one of the last bottles of whiskey in town. Arkansas Pete pulled a leather tassel from his jacket and placed it on the bar to cover the ever-growing tab. The barkeep snatched it up and stuffed it into his gold leaf trousers. The other patrons looked on jealously sipping up their glasses of water flavored with gold dust. The brothers laughed (laughs) uproariously. I've had just about enough of this. Growled a noted local ruffian, state of Rhode Island and Providence Plantation Sinjin. He smashed his goblet on the floor. (sighs) But made of gold as it was, it bounced away whole. Oops. The piano player froze as Sinjin drew his gun. The brothers drew theirs. (laughs) Oh dear, that's rather choice. What? After well, I've just thought of a joke of sorts. Go on, then. Well, I mean, you, you could say something like, I drew my gun. And then the other fellow could say, What did you use, a crayon? This
0: is brilliant. The...
1: Hold on, let me, just, let me just write that down. <clears throat> a shot rang out. Slowly, all the patrons turned. A young man was standing in the doorway of the saloon. I think that's just about enough of that, partner, he said. Short but strongly built, with his gun pointing into the rafters and splinters falling down around him, was Edwin Whittaker Clinton Godwin Third. The star-shaped badge on his lapel glinted in the light that split spilt around him from outside. There was a long pregnant pause. I hate that expression. A pregnant pause, dear lord, disgusting.
0: Huh. Sir, uh, what's wrong with pregnancy, exactly? Oh, um, nothing, nothing. You've got kids? Mm,
1: just a daughter. Haven't seen her for a while.
0: Get on with it, then.
1: Mayor Pete took Sheriff Goblin over to the old sheriff's building. Already there were cobwebs sticking to the sheriff's door. They walked into the sheriff's office, which was home to the sheriff's table and the sheriff's hat stand. Mm-hmm. Sheriff, good of you to come, partner, said Arkansas Pete. I go where the Lord takes me, Mr. Mayor, said Gobwin. Surely, surely, said Pete. He spied the new badge on his lapel. Be careful with that. Stuff that ain't gold is rare around here. Pete pulled a cigar from inside his pocket. It was wrapped in gold leaf and stuffed with some He handed it to Godwin and lit it with a gold match. <laughs> I've heard tell of your problems, Mr. Mayor, said Godwin. I know this town is like a dry tinderbox at noon in the desert that is partially on fire. I intend to keep the peace, sir. You're welcome to try. <laughs> said Pete. Not sure you will have much luck. Anyhow, I'll deliver your pay on the first of the month. It's rocks, which is good money around these parts. Keep em safe. Here's your county-issue gun and bullets, he added, taking a gun made from gold and similar bullets from the jar. I have one, said Godwin, patting the gun in his holster. You won't for much longer. What is that, stainless steel? We haven't seen any of that in weeks. Either way, you'll need one when the Evil Eyes comes around. Evil Eyes, said Godwin. But Pete just laughed and strolled out of the golden door onto the golden street. Godwin took a deep breath. He looked around the room. The territorial governor hadn't been wrong. Virtually everything was made out of gold. Anything that wasn't had been torn down and sold. He sighed. He needed to get out into the town, find out what was going on. The town sparkled like a diamond in the rough. There was so much gold. Godwin strutted down Main Street, his spurs rattling. This wasn't a happy place. Everyone was on edge. With little food coming in, people were starting to turn to the gold that was piled in the streets. Already there was talk of starvation. He stopped outside the only business with any significant sign of activity. Forebodingly, it was the undertakers. A ghoulish lady in a tacky bulbous black dress flowed out onto the street as he passed. She must have been sweltering, but she didn't seem to show it. Morning, sheriff, she said, stopping him as he passed. Mighty fine day, ain't it? That it is, ma'am, said Godwin. I was wondering if someone in this town could tell me a little about this evil eyes I've heard about. Old evil eyes, Ingrid? He's one of our craziest outlaws. He's been looking to break out of the blockade and take all the gold with him. She pulled a tape measure from inside her dress and began to take Godman's measurements. Please, ma'am, he said. I don't need measure for no coffin. I don't care how tough this evil eyes is, He ain't gonna get the better of me. Oh, I ain't gonna make you a coffin? No, sir. You see, I'm nuts, she said. I measure everything I clap eyes on. Absolutely everything. It's a real sickness, a real struggle. Really upsets my children. Anyway, evil eyes don't need to get the better of you. We all support him. We hate all this gold, and we want him to take it. With that, she swallowed a tape measure and cartwheeled off down Main Street. Hardman can only hope she was wrong. Who's Hardman?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I can only guess he meant Godwin, you know, the sheriff.
1: <laughs> He's got the bloody name wrong. Good Lord!
0: Just, just leave it. Come on.
1: Suddenly, doors started shutting around him. Windows were bolted. Porches chained up. The undertaker dug herself a hole and scurried the underground. A man came running down Main Street. He was wearing a gold suit and a wide gold hat, riding on a horse saddled with gold. He dismounted and approached Hardman. Evil Eyes said, "Hardman." Hardman said, "Evil Eyes." He was older than Hardman and had a thick gray mustache, a deep rasping voice, and a great many gold pistols strapped to his chest. The two men approached each other slowly. This gold belongs to the townsfolk, Evil Eyes, said Hartman, his hand hovering over his pistol. I won't let you take it. Fool, I'm going to be the richest man in the whole of America. There ain't nothing you or anyone else can do to stop me. His hand was inches from his gun. They both stopped staring at each other. Seconds ticked by. The town clock struck noon. A vulture flew overhead. Evil Eyes' horse drank from a trough. Arkansas Pete took up his boots. Someone coughed in the saloon. A train pulled up at the station. A stagecoach in Utah was attacked by Native Americans. President Pierce shopped for a hat. Nepal invaded Tibet. Alfred Tennyson did a backflip. A pauper tripped over Queen Victoria. A young girl discovered the death of a pet. Four fishermen quarreled. David Livingston got lost. A liar wept. The frisbee wasn't invented. Kenny Loggins' great grandfather was born. Some helium escaped into space. An elephant was sick. Charles Darwin found a penny. No one died for 70 minutes. There was a sneeze. (coughs) Evil Eyes fired a shot. Half a second later, Harden 512. Both men stood stock still. A tumbleweed bumped into a limb. And suddenly, Evil Eyes killed over backwards. He fell to the ground. Dead. Boo! Bellowed the townsfolk, emerging from their homes and hovels. Boo! He was going to take away all the gold and cure our sick society! Boo! I couldn't let him, bellowed Hardman, turning on them. That would be stealing. No one steals in my town. The townsfolk advanced on him. Another shot rang out. They all turned. He's mine, bellowed Evil Eyes. He was standing. He was grinning. He wasn't dead. He tore off his shirt, underneath a solid gold body. The townsfolk ran for cover. Evil Eyes fired. Hardman's body shook. Had he got him? Then Hardman grinned. Between his teeth, the golden bullet from Evil Eye's gun. He crunched down on it and swallowed it whole, then lifted his gun, this time aiming for Evil Eye's head. Goodbye, father, bellowed Hardman. He pulled the trigger. There was a spray of blood, red in the town of gold. Evil Eye's hit the floor. As Godwin's pistol smoked, Arkansas Pete walked over, putting his hand on Godwin's shoulder. What now? he said. We still have all this gold. He was our only hope. Godwin smiled. Never fear, Mr. Mayor, for I am an alien and I eat gold. He reached down and picked up a golden nugget, swallowing it whole. Hooray!
0: bellowed the townsfolk.
1: Hooray! 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 What a dumbass ending. Twist, it's all about the twist. It's still stupid. I liked the battle between the pa and the sun. That was good. But then the writer had to go and spoil it with a dumb ending.
0: I thought you'd like the secret sun stuff. Yeah? You always wanted a son. True enough, partner. So, uh, what's a-coming next? You're... you're not good at that.
1: Are you kidding, partner? Stop. Don't...
0: Stop! Right,
1: Rhino. Okay, okay.
0: We might do the sequel next week if the writer likes this one. We're set in the same towns called The Good, The Gold, and The Goldly.
1: Hmm, good show. So I'm glad we're getting plenty of work at the moment.
0: Yeah, it'll be good to be working again. So, see you next week?
1: Surely, give my love to your mother. Oh, and don't forget to edit the thing, partner! Stop!
0: That was The Gold Slingers by P.H. Hadley and read by George Ledington. Ian Icarus was the producer for Icarus Audiobooks. Follow us on Twitter at, at Icarus Audiobook, where this week one lucky follower will win a lifetime supply of oxygen. Give us a five star review on iTunes and try and get in this week's secret word. The secret word is Petricor. Petricor. Iquish Audiobooks. Houston, we are on a direct collision course with the FUN.
1: Roger Apollo, configure your boosters for full reverse, over.
0: Boosters to full reverse, radio check over.
1: Roger Dustin, you're coming through, how
0: do you read? Loud and clear, boosters still firing.
1: Roger, 10 seconds Dustin, delta V thrust to normal.
0: Ok, course is changing, computer shows us 8 miles from the FUN.
1: Roger. You need to correct your angles. The flat pan has roll at 187.6, pitch 124.8, and you're 34,500.
0: Attempting maneuver, Houston. The fun is very bright. The reflection is washing out the sexton.
1: Roger, you have to switch to star 32.
0: Not possible, Houston. We're coming in fast. Much faster than expected. The fun has us, I think.
1: Emergency maneuvers,
0: Dustin! Too late, Houston. We're about to hit the fun. Good luck, Dustin. May
1: God have mercy on your souls.